is anyone can change a tyre, right? But the level of interference when it comes to the pit crew changing a tyre, that, that is high interference. The level of interference is competitive against the clock. It could be hot, it could be lots going, lots of moving parts, like it's happening at high speed, there's danger involved, right? All those things are building the levels of interference that I need to be more resilient, my performance and my team need to be more resilient against to maintain that high performance. Welcome everyone to the Delta Pod. This is an episode which almost is a bit like the origin story for my coaching. I'm going to talk about a model that's not my model. It's a model that comes from a book by a guy called Sir John Whitmore. But before we jump into that, the hypothesis for this episode or the, kind of the point I want you to think about is that when we move into a high performance space, we are also moving into a high interference space. But that interference... We, potentially be present across the whole spectrum of things. It will always be there. And so really when we move into a high performance space, all we're doing is being more resilient in in the face of res- interference. And we're going to talk about those terms now, but really resilience, this role between resilience, high performance, interference, and that kind of, those elements there and how they map into culture is where we're going with this episode. So the model, the model's called The Performance Curve and it comes from a guy called Sir John Whitmore. He wrote a book called Coaching for Performance that um, is a very good book um, based on his kind of career of like 30, 35 years coaching across the corporate sector, but also a little bit in the military. And then also he came, they came out of the sporting world. So the foundations of everything he, the kind of coaching um, he and his business went on to do comes out of the sporting world, which I think is the oldest form of coaching. There is there are lots of thoughts gone into sports coaching, and so as we see it coming to the corporate space a lot more recently, I think the corporate side of coaching stuff is perhaps not as old as the sporting coaching stuff. So I think there's some good integrity to where he's where he comes from, and there's some great great insights in there. Some great some little stories which I nearly always use in the work, workshops, especially when we're talking about what is coaching. Um, around understanding the difference between a coach and a trainer uh, or a teacher and how a co- it's not necessarily a coach's job to teach you something, it's to help you become more aware of something. Um, but that's not what this is about. We're going to focus in on the performance curve, which is one element of the book. So the book is very good. Go and read it, Coaching for Performance. I'm also kind of just working through a blog post on this. So there's a blog post which I expand a bit more on this model and how I've used it. And I've also taken it and I've kind of added to it and kind of perhaps I've brought a new lens to it or, or I've brought my lens to it whether it's a new lens or not I'm not sure um, and it's how uh, I've used it in a number of workshops as well to good effect I want you to think of the x and the y axis um, the x axis or the horizontal axis um, being along the bottom being cultural states and then up the side or up vertically and the y axis being performance and so there are this, this model's made up of a performance kind of line or curve as we're going to see and a number of cultural stakes and it's designed to help teams leaders anyone really to understand the culture they're in and how that might be affecting their performance and some of the dynamics that come with the cultural state you're in so there are four cultural states that we need to understand in this model and then we need to understand that from the bottom to the top or from left to right as we look at the model our performance is growing. And as I read through them now, I'm going to go from left to right. Okay, so from the lowest space or state, cultural state in terms of performance, all the way through the highest. So those four states are impulsive. 
Right, so there is an impulsive culture in your team. And actually, I, I believe that when we go through these stakes, they can refer to teams and the dynamic of culture in that team or, or workplace. They can also refer to you and your attitudes and your approach to work. Okay, so when we think of impulsive, yes, this model is designed to be used to teams. I've been using it with individuals as well, and I think it has a good effect there. So are you impulsive? Right. And impulsive being defined by the, the phrase of just whatever happens, happens. Right? There's no real linkage between what I'm doing today and where I'm going or what we're doing. The next state, the next cultural state is dependent, which is I follow the rules and do what I'm told, which is perhaps classified by there's a lack of imagination. And yes, I know what I've got to do each day, but I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm not bringing me, I'm not self-leading in this culture, in this situation. The next, so now we're moving up into kind of higher performance space or getting, getting like things are good. Um, independent. Look at me, I'm a high performer. Typified by that, that kind of language or mindset. I'm a high performer. If you've got a team full of high performers, that's not necessarily going to give you greater performance. If you've got a team that's dependent on a really good system and they just turn over and independent on, on the system, if the system isn't good, that team's going to be good, right? And so there's, there's, I think these two middle ones, dependent and independent, depending on how you've built your system and the high performers, might switch around. And the last one, the highest state of culture is interdependent, which is typified by the phrase, we are truly successful together. That I know where I'm weak and how your strengths make my weaknesses fill in my weaknesses and my strengths fill in your weaknesses. And together we understand how all links in the chain moving towards the shared vision. The holy grail, you might say, of, of team culture. We're all going in the same direction. We're not reliant potentially on any particular one person, but we're all going in the same place. And crucial to this state... And it's not really explained in the book, but one thing I would really highlight, having been users in workshops and worked with teams who try to move into this space, is vulnerability. It's very hard to move into this space if you are not, if you're closed and you're not able to see your weaknesses and be and be vulnerable. That, that, that's so important, and that vulnerability, I suppose, if you think you, you probably have to work through a few of these phases to get to that level of vulnerability, and that's where the whole kind of psychological safety and belonging, all that stuff, is really important. Because if I can't be vulnerable to 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 go to you and say, "Hey, look, I know part of my role is to do X, but I'm not very really good at X. So, can you help me, or can you can we do something about this?" Like that takes some security, right? It takes some confidence that you're not going to be like look at me badly around that. So. We want people to be able to come and bring their vulnerabilities so we can all together get better. We've gone from left to right, your left to right. We're going to go from impulsive over here and the curve kind of goes like this, goes like this up towards interdependent. And as we do that, it's moving into high performance. And the interesting way, he doesn't use the word high performance, he talks about potential, he talks about high potential states and that we have a higher potential, which is, if you think of potential as, where we could possibly get to. And there's this force, there's this thing which fights against our potential and it's called interference. It's the things, it's the natural friction and interferences in just in the workplace, in life, that stop us being able to go on a straight line between point A to point B being our potential. And so there's this interference working against us as we move up this curve into higher performance spaces. And I'll talk more about that later. One of the interesting things, one of the observations I've made, having used this model a few times, is that we generally think like, right, let's, let's, let's try and map our culture to one state. And when you think about it, generically, you could say, yeah, we're here. Over the last three months, we've been 
dependent or we're being independent. But actually, the frequency at which you move through these states is is, is high frequency. So you'll move through, you could wake up and turn up to work in a very dependent state and then bounce in between a lot of them and end up in an interdependent state at the end of the day, right? Or even depends on the task. And with some tasks, you're very, as a, a culturally, you're all, as a team, you're very good, very comfortable being vulnerable around. And there might be other tasks, such as the PL or the, um, the commercials of a project, or, or if you look at family life, who's cooking that night, that kind of stuff, the division of tasks, those kind of things. Depending on where you, what area of element of life will depend on how you turn up to that, okay? It is useful to try and generalise and say, generally we think our culture is here because it's a point of reference and you can then start to do something about it. But actually you can also think about this in a more kind of tactical lens. How over the next 24 hours, how, especially me as an individual or us as a team, how are we moving through these cultural states? And actually, what's interesting is most of us can point to the cultural state our team may be in. You could do it right now, but what do you do about it, right? And I think what this model is really good at is visualising our opinion of our culture. Like, oh, I think we're impulsive. Yeah, everyone is just, whatever happens, happens. No one really cares about anything. Or I think we're dependent. We're just following the rules and what we're told. And interestingly, when when you go to a military unit and do this, and I've done that multiple times now, they only always put themselves in this dependent space. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's where I think I challenge the whole independent versus dependency thing. And the military has an age-old doctrine, the systems uh, which are go back centuries and centuries, right? So that's important. Perhaps you absolutely want to bring in a lens of vulnerability and removing ego from a situation because you've got a lot of strong ego in the military. So it's, what's the word? They're always quite negative when they say, oh yeah, we're definitely dependent. I'm like, well, okay, that's well, not a bad thing, right? Depends how good your system is. And in the military sense, the system's good. It works. So the next bit, some some additions I've, I view and I've kind of bring into the conversation when I'm using this model is that, so if interference is the thing between you and your potential, it's the thing that prevents you from moving in a straight line from where I want to be directly towards my potential, the goals that are in my future. So we all face, wherever we are, like we're always facing interference. A bit like a plane when it's flying, it's a bit like drag, right? There's this drag force um, and it's, you need that drag force. It's always there when a plane is flying, right? And so interference is always there. So the difference between the two ends of the model, the impulsive end, which is typified by a low potential or lower performance space, and the interdependent state, the kind of higher performance, a higher potential space, the difference between these two isn't necessarily the amount of interference. It might be exactly the same. It's the resilience of those in, in that situation to move through it. Okay, so a high performance team is a, is a highly resilient team. They're good at moving through interference. The stuff which is coming in and trying to knock them off course, they're good at getting through it. And actually, I would go a step further and say, yes, there's interference everywhere. But when you get into the really high performance teams, there's higher interference. So actually, almost as this curve goes up, the drag forces get greater and it's trying to flatten you. Okay, it's trying to flatten the curve. A high, high performance brings with it a high interference space. But there's still interference everywhere across the whole thing. The key bit being those who are in a low performance space, low potential space, the impulsive state of culture, are really struggling with resilience to move through the thing, through whatever the obstacles are. Right? In an impulsive space, it might be the battle of the individual or there's a lack of alignment on the purpose of why we're doing this. The dependent state, I do what I'm told, I, I follow the rules and do what I'm told, might be a lack of vision or a lack of willingness to be creative and curiosity, right? 
it's there's that resiliency that's lacking at the, the lower ends of these states of culture. So those in a high performance space or high potential space, they have built resilience through the other states. They've been through the other states to get where they are, right? And so any new team is always going to be slightly impulsive, slightly dependent, becoming independent and then interdependent. So if your team is constantly changing, it's actually quite hard to get interdependent because anyone who joins a new team is a new person is going to have an elevated level of dependency. So they've been through the other states and that's what's built their resilience and they are now maintaining resilience against high interference. And I just explain that a little bit. I use the F1 kind of pit crew analogy. Is anyone can change a tyre, right? But the level of interference when it comes to the pit crew changing a tyre, that, that is high interference. The level of interference, it's competitive, it's against the clock. It could be hot, it could be lots going, lots of moving parts. Like It's happening at high speed, there's danger involved, right? So all those, all those things are building the levels of interference that I need to be more resilient, my performance and my team need to be more resilient against to maintain that high performance. Very different to me having to change a tyre on my front driveway. We're doing the same task, similar task, same kind of mechanics, but one is a low interference space. I've got all the time in the world to do it on my front drive versus against the clock, high pressure, dangerous situation on the edge of a racetrack. So high performance has high interference, requires high resilience. And you build that high resilience by moving through the states, the cultural states from the performance curve. Everyone who joins a new business in a new role it's going to have some level of dependence. They're going to go in it, the kind of state two dependent. They start there. They can't start and straight away drive into delivering value. It's very hard for them to do that unless you've, your business or um, company are very good at onboarding people. I think that's where coaching really comes in. Coaching is a tool. Is the tools help you as individuals or you as in your teams navigate interference. And so when I turn up and I'm doing coaching, that's what I'm. That's that's the tool. That's the kind of the hammer and the nail almost, or a screwdriver and a screw. It, that that that's how they go together, right? The tool to try and navigate interference. One of them is bringing in a coach or having a coaching mindset, which is all around how do we work on the situation? How can we bring a bit of vulnerability and understanding and awareness to this this situation? And so, just some key takeaways for you, just as we kind of wrap up. Cultural states. There's four cultural states. Which cultural state are you in as a team or even as an individual right now? What cultural state? Let's, let's pick work. In your work, which cultural state are you in? And in your team over the last three months, what culture do you think you've been in? And how can you as an individual perhaps bring awareness to the situation and try and move your team forward? And then resilience. Resilience is a differentiator that will keep you at either, either end of the module. You will either have low resilience as a result, struggle to get to the top end, or you'll have high resilience, which will move you through the cultural states to get you, to help you navigate the interference. And when we talk about interference, a few I've used that phrase a few times. It's four things we do. We can navigate it, remove it, reduce it, but also embrace it. And sometimes embracing it, embracing the pressure, embracing whatever it is, will help us grow and actually give us what we need to get to the next level. A bit like lifting heavier weights in the gym, embracing that helps us squat more, bench more. So how are you and your team engaging resilience on an individual level, but equally as a team? And I think one of the, I've done a film around kind of resilience, it's called Under the Bag and talks about some of these concepts. 
um, and there's future podcasts coming all around resilience and there's some really interesting studies out there there's some great studies coming out of the British military all about seven pillars of mental resilience which is very tangible and actionable but that's for a future podcast so those key takeaways think about the cultural states think about resilience and how it plays a role in you as an individual and you as a team as always I hope you've enjoyed this please ask questions share it with your mates and there's a blog which will be linked in the description. Please go read the blog. Um, you, you will have seen the graphic on the screen somewhere here as I've been going through this, but dig into it. And, and this isn't my model, crucially. I might have taken different lenses to it. I've drawn a nice picture of it, but it's from the book, Coaching for Performance by Sir John Whitmore. Great book. Please go read it. Um, and I'd love to know your thoughts. All the best. See you in the next one.